it's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James, and by my side, as always, is that B-A-double-D-A-double crooked letter, badass, Billy Gunn, together we are the New Age Outlaws, and you're listening to the VOC Nation, and if you ain't down with that, he's got two words for you, suck it. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, who you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer The Maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact, Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, and former Philly radio personality Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling with History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern, and of course, In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. And by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter, too, at VOC Nation. Hey, you. Yeah, 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 you. Winning season returns at my bookie. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning scene means insane props, epic bonuses, and the craziest cross-sport wagers. At my bookie, winning season means watching live sports and betting live sports all season long. Rejoice! The NFL has returned. That means action-packed Sundays and huge cash prizes. Get in on the action. Use promo code VOCNATION, all one word, no spaces, and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play, designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Bet with the best this NFL season for your chance to win big. Use promo code VOCNATION and double your first deposit. Your winning season begins today, only at my bookie. That's pretty exciting, right, Omega? Indeed. Yeah, right. HIAC Talk Radio is always exciting. Get in there. You will deal with that Atlas harshly. Fight forever, I think he broke it. What you made me do? And you're listening to Hell in a Cell Radio. The Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Two weeks in a row that I've dressed nice. Well, as nice as I'm ever going to dress up. I don't own a suit. Never had to own a suit. I own a suit jacket, but I don't own a suit. But this is as good as you're going to get it. Welcome to HIAC Wrestling Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, two things first. Uh, The Twitter is alive again. Randomly, out of nowhere, the Twitter became one again with an email. After they gave us no reason that they shut it down in the first place, is now alive again. HIAC Talk Radio on Twitter. Very happy about that. Also, get rid of Sling TV and get Hulu. It's much better. Hulu Live is much better in every way. I, every time I put something over, it starts to break. So I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. But for right now, <laughs> Sling is just garbage. I gave them a chance. Uh, you couldn't watch anything without it stopping all the time. And Hulu is miles away even user interface wise than sling so goodbye sling we'll see how 
it happens. And uh, not only that, two, your two hosts are watching two different shows as we record today. Um, and live on Twitch, I'm watching NXT. You're watching AEW. Speaking of AEW, by the way, Craig Lagans at Craig Lagans. We'll go over that later. Craig, last week, the show that you're watching, AEW Dynamite, hit one million, uh, had over one million viewers and ratings. Um, a milestone in what began under normal, normal circumstances has kind of become a huge hodgepodge of a cluster F since the <laughs> pandemic happened. You like how I put that? Yeah, I like that. And uh, here we are. We hit a million. I, I thought it was a good show, and there was a few things that happened to help boost that. There was indeed. One of the things that happened was, uh, as we were live doing uh, this very podcast last week, was the uh, debut of uh, the artist formerly known as Rusev, uh, under his real name, Miro. And uh, last I saw Rusev, it was when he was uh, interrupting the wedding of uh, Lana and Bobby Lashley. So to introduce Rusev, they had him be the best man at yet another wedding <laughs> between Kip Sabian and someone else. So the more things change. Anyway, he comes out to a very great reception. Even considering, the, considering the numbers, yeah. Yes, great reception. Blonde highlights, you know, it, it, I, his clothes, his wardrobe got, it was interesting, got more attention than what he actually said during his first promo in AEW. Um, but if you have, you know, $2,000 pants, I guess it would get more attention. He gave the same, um, hi, hi, Johnny Sweet Talk Radio. The number one podcast for your wrestling needs. <laughs> um, he did this, he did the, the, uh, reg, the standard, you know, I was kept down and now I'm going for the brass ring and something I never could uh, achieve, you know, the last place I worked, which, you know, whether it's true or not, or sour grapes, you know, some old school um, wrestlers or people that have been in the business will say um, it's just whining. If you didn't get over, that's, you can't blame the promotion. You can only blame yourself in uh, Rusev or Miros, uh, in this case. This man was undefeated for a year, an entire year. Debuted at WrestleMania in a tank. Okay, no one else can say that. Even when they, after he, his loss, the, he lost the United States Championship, and he went down to the undercard, he came right back up on his own. And then Rusev Day started, which was amazing. And the chants were unbelievable. It transcended um, the company. They they were selling Rusev Day calendars where every single day was Rusev Day. And again, got over. Uh, I thought another title run would have been in place since he was the most over wrestler on either brand at the time. But that went nowhere. So once again, this guy who has gotten who's done everything on his own, who's in even when given dumb gimmicks or everything, he found a way to make himself the top of the company and he still didn't get a bigger push as he did when he was undefeated for a year. So I understand his frustration and I, you can't blame, I, in this case, I don't blame him 
for not getting over or for, for going as far as he should because the fans knew how good he was. We knew how we good knew, he was. We knew, yeah. We said it all the time. Yeah. And even when he lost the weight and was even a more athletic version of the Rusev that we first knew and was dominant, um, he was never pushed quite the same. So in his case, um, I could see where it's um, his promo about it not having a brass ring is something um, to, uh, to pay attention to. In his case, I think he was right. Unfortunately, what AEW does, and yet again with their, their cast-offs, is he a heel or a face? He comes out and puts over a, a, an undercard heel. Guy's not even in the main event. He's barely, I don't remember even the last time he wrestled. And now you're putting your newest acquisition, a big name from a big company with some underneath job guy. So who are you trying to put over? You put over the, the underneath job guy or is Rusev, or I'm sorry, Miros, your main man? And if he's your main man, is he a heel? Or is he, a, is he your main face? And he doesn't, and we don't even know who he's, uh, what's his agenda. So once again, but that's at AEW's case is just like, you know, um, what's just like we'll have, we talked about on this podcast before, too many cooks in the kitchen. What makes WWE, whatever it is, what it is, is there's one guy, whether it's Triple H or it's Vince, but when something goes down, one guy has a final say and has to go through this guy and that's it. So anything that happened on the, on WWE, on, on NXT, on SmackDown, on Raw, Angle, Storyline, who goes over, one guy decides that. Who's the heel, who's the face, one guy. In AEW, everyone's got their own, has, everyone's in charge of their own angle. Jericho does his, Kenny Omega does his, the Young Bucks have theirs, Cody has his. You know, not, there's, never, there's not one guy. So we're going to have to wonder what Miros is a is a face or a heel. What are they doing with Hangman Adam Page, who should be the number one guy or a close to the main event guy? Is he a heel or a face? The Young Bucks are they heels now? They're attacking. They're they're kicking referees and kicking announcers. Does that mean they're heels? And even though they they haven't attacked any baby faces, so what are we supposed to do? Ah, but that's my AEW rant. And I just wanted to say, if you're having trouble hearing me, it's because I just wanted my my mask to match my tie. That's no, it. no, no. We I understood every word you said. Okay, thank you. That's yeah, it. I'm gonna wear. I gotta wear some of my mask. I have. Um, listen, everybody complain about the mask thing. For Christ's sake, it's a cool thing. It's cool. <laughs> thank you. I uh, I have the. The three I got I got four masks. I got um Ghostbusters twenty sixteen coming. Mm-hmm. I have two for the cartoon. Uh and the other mask I have is the Compu Rhythm seventy eight, the Roland CR seventy eight drum machine, made famous by Phil Collins yeah. and Genesis. Well it was used on Genesis first. I was gonna say Ray Parker Jr., but okay, yeah. Um I was a joke. Yeah, but I, oh. I, <laughs> I was gonna say I know he's used it, but no, but you you debuted that on Facebook and it looked great. Yeah, thank you. I pressed the button and it uh, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I, I like that mask because people are going to ask what it is, and then I get to tell them. <laughs> the other masks are pretty much – well, the one mask is a deep reference to the last Ghostbusters movie. The other two are straight-up Ghostbusters. But, yeah, you know, unless you wanted to buy a $40 mask from your freaking baseball – favorite sports team, these were like five, ten bucks a shot. Okay. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah I, now I got four. Yeah. And you uh-huh. can wa- they're reusable. You wash them. And – it is dual layered, so if you want to put a filter in, you can. Um, the AEW thing. Um, I thought the show was good last week. Um, I'm still kind of meh with Jericho now, and that's just my personal preference. I'm not taking a crap on him. The thing to do is to crap on Jericho these days. Whatever. That's fine. Uh, but you were talking about you know too many cooks in the kitchen and who's booking – what and now we're going to see uh if it wasn't you mentioned hangman page if any company had a clear two people that should have been pushed to the moon at the very beginning it was AEW set up with nyla rose and hangman page mm-hmm. and i will beat that dead horse until it's powder yeah. they didn't Whatever reason, we will find out years down the line. Still stupid. That's how I feel about it. Uh, we could debate. It, it was stupid to not put them one, two, boom. Who cares if it's predictable? It should start. It's a good starting point. Yes. Nyla Rose being probably the more unstoppable of the two, but my point is built-in ready to go and you didn't go that way I understand kind of why but i more don't understand why that makes yeah. sense well especially we're we're a year in now and they're either yeah. one of them are right where or where they should be and yes i'll even i'll even go you on better um nyla rose from the women definitely but you're from the start your number one heel in your face you're but you're you're inevitable two big ones that are you're a rock and you're stone cold, for lack of a better word, or even you're John Cena and Randy Orton. Yeah. You need to be Adam Page and M- and MJF, period. Yeah. If And my only knock on Jericho is, and I know Jericho, he, at this point, he, he honest to God, doesn't give a crap. <laughs> no, um, he doesn't. No, he clearly doesn't. You look at just his weight alone makes him, makes you realize how much he, he really doesn't care that his favorite, his favorite, exercise now certainly not in the gym but it's just cash and checks but if you put that type of energy into promoting a guy like orange cassidy and not into an adam page that's where you miss the boat jericho is is your superstar nothing moxley's your champion but jericho is your get jericho is your for lack of a better term he's your hulk hogan he's your 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 superstar mainstream guy you don't know any and no other casual wrestling fan will know anything about or any any non-wrestling fan knows no one on AEW, but guaranteed someone knows who chris garrico is so you use that star power and you use it with a guy like orange cassidy and not a guy like adam page and not a guy like jungle boy they're the future of the company that's what it did. And, yeah, and, but okay. you and I like Jungle Boy. Yeah. But you know, the 
Twitter marks and mm-hmm. one of the guys you listen to so much mm-hmm. won't want that push because of how tiny he is and it'll never make sense and he's too small, blah, 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 blah. He, he's, he's your underdog heel. I agree. He's your Daniel Bryan. Yeah. He's your Rey Mysterio. He looks care. good. And he yes. has ability beyond his years. Exactly. He, he, needs to cut, he needs to cut down on the dives. He needs to gain a little more weight. Eat a but, sandwich. Just come from fatty over here. <laughs> but this is a superstar that you have on your roster that can make you tons of money when the, when the, the people come back. My not my fear, but what I believe the the traject the trajectory of Jungle Boy's career when he does hit that superstardom, it won't be in AEW because I still believe he needs a type of training and a type of match mindset psychology that only another brand can instill in him. He's not going to learn a damn thing in AEW at all, and that's just a fact because. Uh, AEW for all their their the the how uh, necessary they are for indie wrestlers right now because you're you're going to see an indie wrestler show up on AEW a hell of a lot quicker than you're going to see one show up on NXT or the WWE. But he's not learning a damn thing there. What AEW doesn't have is an NXT type brand where you can get training special attention you'll learn from the very best wrestlers that have ever lived and the best trainers of wrestlers that ever lived there's no tom pritchard in aew there's no there's no terry taylor there's no scott armstrong to teach you the the ins and outs not just what in the ring but what psychology is there is an arn anderson and telly blanchard there is an arn anderson and telly blanchard now but do we intercede just to say yeah. to add to what you're saying, if used correctly mm-hmm. in their young minds, if you want to talk about story and psychology, you literally have two of the best, if not the two best. Yeah. So if they use them correctly, that could work. They could I learn agree. from them if they le- use them that way, but I, I don't think yeah. they are. <laughs> no. That, and that's why I believe the jungle boy who, who is a, a superstar who is right there for for the if pushed correctly, he, well he could be a top your top guy in AEW, no question. <laughs> but I I don't believe he's going to reach his maximum potential or uh, money making ability uh, there. I think it's going to be somewhere else. Only because the way the AEW books now, you're not going to see that. Not there. But that being all that, AEW did a million views last week yeah so basically it's like what the heck do we know what we're talking about (laughs) like i I know it's funny that we we said all this and i'm going to get to the million views in a second um no i'll get to it now um Mm -hmm. i'm glad and i hope it continues um this is i don't think this has been a kick in the ass that wrestling thought it was going to be Mm-hmm. wrestling fans thought it was going to be it certainly wasn't what I thought it was going to be. You know, I said from the beginning in October that this will hopefully light a fire and pandemic or not. Has it in your <laughs> eyes? No, nope. no. Mm-mm. Uh, was the nineties a fluke? 
I, there's, I don't know. I don't have the answers anymore. You know, we, we just assume that the golden era could come back or the two, you know, because before the nineties, there was, we've talked about ratings before yeah. of a, uh, AWA before they went down the hill, WCCW mm-hmm. before they went downhill, Crockett, Vince, yeah. mm-hmm. There's a little lull and then a climb back up, way, way up. The numbers were astounding on prime time. And then, yeah. And I just assumed some of them would start to come back. But I do think if it continues, because, you know, somebody, Vince or somebody in the WWE could look at that and go, oh no, and see next week that they all went away again. And then what does it matter? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. then nothing happens. I I want something. <laughs> Mo, Momo. Momo. Hold on. Hold on a second. I'll get to that in a second. I just saw your message, Momo. Um, let me finish this thought because I'll ADD out, Momo. Hold on. Um, to ADD it already. It's gone. <laughs> Look at the kitty. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, like... It hasn't been. And the pandemic made it worse where it was like, well, what the hell do we do now? I think I, I just, I, I want this to light a fire because WWF, WWF, WWE needs a little uncomfortability. Yeah. I think that's just my two cents. on. I would like them to get uncomfortable again, to be quite frank. Yeah. You don't want them to get complacent. No. And I would like Vince to retire, to be honest. Well, I'm, well, I'm over the old carny ways, man. <laughs> I'm just over it. I've been over it. Uh, thank you so much, Momo, for the 100 bits. I appreciate that very much. Thank you so much. If you didn't know, I said thank you. Thank you twice. Uh, she replied, one million. Congrats. Yeah. AEW with a million. I, um, I just I, I want it to change. Yeah. Bring me back in. Or maybe I thought about it the other day. I'm like, did I get too old finally? No. Not yet. If you're too old, I, I was too old. You're dead. Years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm too old 20 years ago. Momo. One thing to get uncomfortable, get Vince and Jerry Jones in a room together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Vinny Mac. I don't know. I. I one would argue I would argue his time passed about five years ago, probably more. Yeah. We were almost rid of him. He almost died on camera and then a real thing had to happen and it ruined everything. Yeah. Almost and got but, rid of him. But you, you you often wonder if that angle had gone through, how long realistically would Vince have stayed off television compared to how much he's been on, you know, in the last ten years. I'd like to think he'd go away. Yeah. I, and I'm not ashamed of that. I, you know, I appreciate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Danny says, "Hey there, Dan and Spidey." Uh, I would like to think that he would have gone away, but uh, no, his ego. I appreciate some of the things he did for wrestling. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the WWE Network. There's a lot about Vince that I don't appreciate or loathe. So respect in that way. But please get the hell off, man. Go away. On the other and, hand, go ahead. And, you know, I, I'm, as fans, we appreciate the WWE Network because we have so many 
great matches in uh, other territories that are available at the press of a button. I know the wrestlers don't appreciate the network so much because thanks to the WWE network that you can get for an undisclosed sum every month, uh, those pay-per-view revenue checks don't happen anymore. So, uh, I know that's one thing that CM Punk brought up specifically. Yeah. Like, how are you going to make that back? How are you going to make that up to us? No, you're not. Five people were like, if you cancel the WWE network, you're going to hurt the wrestlers. Well, you're like, why are they not getting that money? <laughs> uh, you think he's giving them that money? Mm-hmm. Fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. Learning the history. WWE network helps with learning the history. I agree. Yeah, it does. It there's does a lot of good stuff in there. And there's a yeah. lot of indie stuff on there now that, frankly, yeah. wasn't there before. Now, in all fairness, there is IWTV. There's independent wrestling TV, which costs the same, $9 a month, and has a plethora, a plethora. a plethora of indie wrestling. Damn near every indie wrestling company that has the means to film and put a show out is on that network. Mm-hmm. So if you want to catch up, on the defunct Nova Pro Wrestling and Primetime Pro Wrestling I was involved with, which had defunct, which had nothing to do with me. <laughs> it's on IWTV. Yeah. Uh, WWE stuff now. Uh, I have been, and I, it's been delighting me all the last two days to see the love that MVP is getting by a lot of wrestling fans for and I'm just gonna say it, bring in these black wrestlers that were basically kind of buried or shuffled to the side to the forefront every Monday night. Um, whether it's an angle or it's something he's I don't know who's running that angle, I'm assume it's Vince, I don't know anymore. Uh, I, but I know how he feels about uh, we all know how the McMahon family feels. What's going on in the world today? I have to say that MVP is bringing a lot of eyes to people that Cedric Alexander should have been intercontinental champion twice by now. I say twice because of how fast championships change. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cedric was wrestling at Nova pro well, all over the Indies, but he was coming to Nova pro cause he's from the area every damn month stealing the show mm-hmm. period. Um, he wrestled against who is now swerve Strickland. Yeah. Uh, God, it's like four years ago now <laughs> in, in a gym, a sold out gym, mm-hmm. air conditioned gym, not some high school gym. This was a uh, Jewish community center. So it was well taken care of and it would have beat any match that was on TV that week, period by miles or the year by miles. Mm-hmm. Um, Bobby Lashley. Looks damn good in that group. He does. Uh, who else we got? And Shelton. Shelton Benjamin. Uh, what? Sting 2.0, as I called him. Pulling out that Stinger Splash better than Steve ever did it. <laughs> and I'm a Sting Mark, and I'll say it. Yeah. Uh, who else we got in that group now? I haven't watched it in four weeks, so that's well, why I'm you asking. just named my MVP and uh, Bobby and Shelton, and they just added Cedric Alexander last week. Um, Love it. And then you mentioned that they chased off retribution. Yeah. Um, and to go back to your earlier point, uh, I, this, I, this has Triple H's uh, fingerprints all over the Thank place. You. Thank he you. And MV, he and MVP always got along for, you know, he, during his first run 
they they got along famously. They never had any, any there was no never any ill will. There was never any. I I mentioned on a past wrestling historian because of the wellness policy that they put in. That's how they found his one in a thousand uh, heart uh, arrhythmia uh, syndrome that saved his life. That had he not had that that physical, he could have could have died right there in the ring or died doing anything strenuous. Yeah. So um. But he and MVP and, and, and Triple H were all, always got along well. And I still take it back to that device network documentary on professional wrestling that came on after uh, a Dark Side of the Ring episode. And it showed three different types of, of wrestling. And the rest, uh, a teenager in Japan and uh, uh, one in uh, a current wrestler in Luchador in Mexico. And a wrestler who's... Um, his best years were, you know, were they showed MVP wrestling in a high school gymnasium in front of about thirty people, you know. We had three, like around three hundred, to be fair. Yeah, but it was still compared to someone who wrestled in stadiums, um, at WrestleManias, and in front of twenty thousand people. This was, you know, a remarkable step down. I thought he had retired altogether, but this documentary saw, you know, him talk about. His past, his present, he has a son now, his past drug use, his time in prison. And I thought he was done wrestling altogether. They even showed the uh, this when uh, Kofi won the um, the championship. And he and the, now the late, great Chad Gaspard had a big hug because they still kept in touch because MVP was a guy that everyone everyone liked. He never had a crossword with anybody. And when, when he left, it wasn't, you know, he got the, you know, the, the endeavored, you know, wish you well in your future endeavors thing, but there was never any cross words or anything like that. So him coming back, not only looking, he stayed in shape, but always looked good. I mean, we know the guy could always talk, you know, more than anything else. But if he's going to be, and what have we said about Lashley throughout his whole career? This is a guy that needs a manager. I yeah. thought it, it should have been if they knew, if, he could have kept his mouth shut. Day one. Leo Rush would still be there. Leo Rush is your black Paul Heyman. That's the guy that can get heat on not only on himself, but the guy that he's managing. But failing Leo, failing Leo Rush, MVP is perfect for him and for Shelton. Another guy with all the talent in the world. Jim Ross has said it till he's blue in the face. This is the best pure athlete that WWE has ever had. Just athletic wise, wrestling wise, you know, stamina. The guy has everything. He he needs a manager. He needs a guy that can put him over on the mic. MVP is that guy. You get all three of these guys who are all the same age. They're all forty six. They all have almost more than twenty years of experience with with each of them. And you put him in there, and then you add Cedric to the group. Now you have youth. Now you have a cruiserweight. Now you have somebody in every weight class you can have a tag team you can have a six-man team and it if anything it takes mvp out of the ring and more in the manager spot where i believe he excels he can still get it done in the ring but if he's just wearing a suit and the rest of the guys are all ready to go he's your man he's your he's your jj dylan those three are your free birds you know he's he's uh, i i love this thing but you mentioned Retribution or Nexus 2.0. Last uh, week, they came out and wrecked everything. 
and ran everyone off. Well, this time they, they actually gave a promo and we can kind of make it out. Every time they come on now, it's like the internet goes crazy. Twitter goes crazy, speculating on who are these people. And we can make out, you know, Champa, Mercedes, Martinez, uh, Dijakovic is another one. Um, and they get run off by the Hurt Business, by MVP, Shelton, Bobby Lashley, and Cedric Alexander. Hooray, question mark, who's the heel group? <laughs> Who do you want to be your over-the-top heels? <laughs> is it, yeah, obviously, you know, and if you know that Triple H is behind all this, but going back to Vince, you know how much Vince loves stables, how in love with him he was. If you go back to the early 90s, there was like five. At one time, you had the Nation of Domination. You had the um, the you had the uh, the Los Per Week was. You had um, the DOA. Yeah, DOA. DX. Yeah, you, you, you had DX. You had the Acolytes. You, you and Brood, Edge, and Christian. Yeah, the Brood, Edge, and Christian. So you got now you've got two factions now. But who's your number one heel group? It works when there's one. It works when there's one. It works when there's just the Four Horsemen, no one else. It works when it was just the NWO and no one else. It worked when it was just DX. I can no see them else. making the uh, Hurt Business the the face. But you just gone. But you've established so much in making them heal. So why would you turn? Yeah, them but out? I mean, does it does it do? Are they? Yeah, they're heal. I mean, I think they could change that. Okay. I, I, I don't know. I'd rather I'd rather see them on the face side of things. That's just maybe my wishful thinking. If you kind of give us an idea of what you want to do with retribution and what they're supposed to be about, I mean, I know they come and wreck everything just like the Nexus did, and they were clearly heels. But if retribution is just people, they feel like to go up on the Miro's tip. Oh, we haven't given we haven't been given our fair shot, so we're taking what's ours. Yeah. Yeah. I, I understand where you're coming from. They okay. don't know. No. They and don't know. And that's probably my biggest gripe about today's product, Dan, which is why every time we start this very podcast, it's like, do we want to talk about what's going on in wrestling right now? Or did, did anything happen? Well, because there's no direction. There's I, I don't know where they're going. But every week I say, well, why isn't why is this guy just got, you know, is your number one guy but he's wrestling this underneath baby face or if this is your number one you know big time heel and jake hager why is he taking bumps from sunny kiss why is jake hager who can tear who can take both joey janela and sunny kiss with either hand why is he flying over the top rope for these guys for either one of those guys again there's no direction there's no cohesion at all. Well, I guess we're going to find out in the coming weeks what's going to happen. What's the next big show? I guess it's uh, for WWE. It's Survivor Series, right? No, uh, it's, no, it's Clash of Champions. That's not, I don't count that. That's not a okay. big show. I uh, meant Major Four. Major Four. Oh, yeah, yeah, then the Survivor Series, yes. So I assume that by Survivor Series, we're going to be finding out real quick. Uh, yeah. We better. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I hope so. I, I guess. I guess. Gentlemen and ladies, welcome back. That's show you've been waiting for. Show you've been waiting for all these. Yes. It's show we go back in time for. 
uh, back when uh, wrestling was uh, wrestling and not sports entertainment, back when there was wrestling in all 50 states, no exceptions, territories ruled uh, the wrestling landscape, uh, titles were called belts, uh, medical facilities were called hospitals, and sports entertainment was professional wrestling. Oh, no. Uh, big week um, in the uh, tag team world of wrestling and in the NWA. This is the NWA-centric week, Dan, in professional wrestling history. Uh, we're going to go back to September 10th, 1980 in Ohuru, Japan, where Harley Race would defeat Giant Baba, the great Shuhai Giant Baba, uh, to regain the NWA championship. It seems that Giant Baba had beaten Race for the NWA title on September 5th, and five days later, Harley Race would regain the belt. This, this would be Harley Race's fifth NWA title reign. And Giant Baba, that would, be, that would end his third. Now, Giant Baba... Uh, leader of uh, New Japan uh, Pro Wrestling and a legit seven-footer and one of the founding fathers of Japanese pro wrestling uh, would be NWA champion three times. When the NWA champion would invariably go to uh, Japan to defend the NWA title, it all was almost like a rite of passage or as the French say, rite de passage, that the NWA champion would drop the belt to Baba on his first day in Japan on tour and then regained the belt from Baba before they left. So this happened with Jack Briscoe in 1975. It happened with Harley Race in 1979. Then it happened again with Harley Race this date in 1980. So Giant Baba, a three-time NWA heavyweight champion, but all three reigns equaled a total of 19 days. Wow. Okay. Yes. Sure. <laughs> Quality over quantity in those uh, in this case, but Giant Baba will always be known as a three-time NWA heavyweight champion. Um, but his his third and final reign came to an end, uh, September tenth, nineteen eighty. Speaking of things coming to an end, glorious things coming to an end. Uh, it happened on this date, September tenth, nineteen eighty-eight, right here. The beautiful Philadelphia Civic Center, where I was in attendance, along with NBA Hall of Famer Charles Barkley, sitting ringside at the scorer's table for this very match. He came out to this very match, introduced to the crowd, held up both of his hands and his four fingers, because this was the main event of this match is September 10th, 1988 at the Philadelphia Civic Center. The United States Tag Team Champions, the Midnight Express, Stan Lane and Bobby Eaton will be taking on the NWA World Tag Team Champions, Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard. Both Jim Cornette and J.J. Dillon interfered for both on behalf of both of their teams throughout the match. In the end, Arn Anderson had pinned Stan Lane while Bobby Eaton had pinned Tully Blanchard. The referee counted both pins, but raised the hand of the Midnight Express. So the Midnight Express became the first and only team to win the NWA Tag Team Championship while they were the United States Tag Team Champions. Well, wow, that never occurred to me before. 
Yes. So wow. one one team held both belts. And with that, that would be the last time that Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson wrestled in the NWA. They would start if the, in the WWF inside of two months as the Brain Busters, managed by the great Bobby Heenan. But not only was that the last time that Tully and Arn would wrestle in the NWA, that would be the last time they'd ever wrestle as a team in the NWA. And that match with that loss, with that loss, would in effect end the Four Horsemen. The original Four Horsemen, yeah. Yeah. I um question. You brought it up. Yes. Do you like the Brain Busters better, or do you like them in the Four Horsemen better? I like them in the Four Horsemen uh, better. I think as the Brain Busters, you have them primarily as a team. And the Four Horsemen, you know, you can mix mix and match. Uh, Arn and Rick would be a tag team. Tully and Rick would be a tag team. Or Tully and Luger or Tully and Barry Windham um, were also a tag team. Uh, I Them being just a tag team kind of, uh, it, it didn't take away from their greatness because if anything, you got to see how great a team they were in the WWF where they were concentrated just basically solely as a team and they see why they were Hall of Famers. But uh, I, I obviously were always going to prefer them in the in the Four Horsemen. Uh, but they're uh, the last time that Tully and Arn would ever be a team in the NWA uh, took place right here in Philly, September 10th, 1988, at the Philadelphia Civic Center when I wow. saw the Midnight Express um, win their uh, only. Now, here's the thing. The Midnight Express, someone say the Stan Lane, Bobby Eaton version of the Midnight Express was the superior version to the Dennis Condry, Bobby Eaton, Midnight Express, but this was the only world title that uh, Bobby and Stan ever won. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, ability-wise, maybe, but hardware-wise, you can obviously make the argument. I prefer um, Mm -hmm. Condry, Bobby. Yeah, they they were the originals. They were the, um, I think they worked best with the rock and roll. Um, I guess because all four men know each other better than anyone, and it's no slight to Stan Lane, because yeah, um, he 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 could do things that Dennis Condry obviously could not, and um, I it made the their double teams were a lot better, a lot crisper with Bobby and Stan. They could do a lot more uh, double team moves, and with Stan and um, Jim Cornette even pointed this out. I could do things with Stan. I couldn't never. I couldn't do with Dennis. You know, the flapjack was a lot better with Stan. The double goozle was better with Stan. Um, the vegematic was um, just was better with Stan. And you know, in one of those what if scenarios, you know, what if if Dennis Condry had never left the Midnight Express, um, what would happen? Or in this what if scenario, what if Bobby Eaton was the one who left the Midnight Express instead of Dennis Condry? Uh, I don't think there, in my opinion, I don't think there would be a Midnight Express. If Bobby Eaton left, I think it would, I think. I, I think we can both agree Bobby Eaton is the catalyst for both. If if Bobby Eaton's not involved, I wouldn't have given a crap. No, if, if Bobby Eaton's gone, there's no Midnight Express. No, I absolutely agree. And that's no slight against Dennis Condry. They got someone else. Um, I think he would have changed the name and gone another direction, but I don't think you would call yourself the Midnight Express because no. Bobby Eaton makes that engine go. I, I agree. It, it's 
it basically was Bobby Eaton and whoever the hell he was taking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, September 10th, 1988. Uh, September 11th, uh, the only thing that, uh, that, that happened of, of consequences in wrestling-wise, we know September 11th is a, is a landmark date, but um, the only the big thing that happened was in 1965 in uh, Long Island, um, Stork brought a uh, delivery of mass quantities that has been bestowed upon us, the wrestling fans, and a gift that keeps giving uh, now every Monday now. Uh, happy belated 55th birthday to Paul Heyman. Ah. Uh-uh. One of the better Blu-ray releases the WWE ever put out, by the way. Yes. He's got a hell of a story. It, it it it's one of the only the only Blu-ray I've ever gotten from the WWE. Uh, his story is it his it, it's great of even just being a wrestling fan because uh, we're the same age. So he was doing things I had never had the guts. Like man, I would love to. Yeah, I am old, and we both are. And, uh, but good news, I don't look like Alfred Hitchcock. That's true. That. You look much better. Thank you. The way that that Paulie does. I was trying. But, I was trying to tell uh, Harry the other day. He was. We were talking about uh, – I, I forgot what the beginning of the conversation was, but I was like, I mentioned your age just in passing, assuming he knew. And my point was that the expression that you have taught – plaque don't crack, the one you taught me. Yeah. And he was like, Craig's 50? Yeah. And I said, yeah. He goes, he looks younger than you. I said, go F yourself. But yeah, <laughs> yes. And I was like, "That's not a, that's not a stereotype. It just happens to be true." <laughs> that's one. And but the my other thing as to why I don't, uh, I always just hold up two things with two fingers when people ask me why you know you you look younger when I get compliment on it. Um, no, uh, no wife, no kids. <laughs> <laughs> Never been married. No, I don't have any kids. Why do I look like this? Okay. What did you have for lunch? You know what? Never mind. I, I think I know why. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if the the Blu-ray on uh, on Paul Heyman, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Paul Heyman. Um, uh, a just a great story. He was he was a kid. Like I said, we were the same age. But he went down to Madison Square Garden. You know, lied backstage that he was a photographer. You know, got in uh, with the uh, the management. You know. Uh, he got to know certain people. They liked him. He liked them. They liked him. And, you know, the Matt, Freddie Blassie, Grand Wizard, Lou Albano. And he got to know all these, you know, he got to know the ins and outs through, you know, from the, from the out, from the inside out and uh, a true great, you know, story. And he did it on his own and he rubbed and he continued to succeed despite rubbing every single person he met the wrong way even the people that speak glowingly of paul Heyman will have still have a paul Heyman story where he lied to them he screwed them over he still owes them money he you know went back on his word he you know did that but you cannot argue with his success Somebody wrestling was a bastard no yeah <laughs> shocked yeah but uh he's uh and he's still on on TV now with uh, he got a second lease on life with uh, with Roman Reigns, fired from his position as head of Raw, uh, but still on 
TV, nonetheless, I'm I'm guessing this would be more of a relief to him that he doesn't have to worry about the ins and outs of doing a three-hour show now. He can concentrate on just being an on-air personality. But um, so far as a the manager to the heel, Roman Reigns, doing an amazing job. So happy belated 55th birthday to the psycho yuppie from Scarsdale, Long Island. Psycho the yuppie. Former Paulie Dangerously. <sighs> Paul Heyman. Uh, September 12th, 1982. We're going back to Japan, Dan. Uh-oh. When Sergeant Slaughter and Don Cronodal in a tournament final in Tokyo, Japan, defeated the team of Antonio Inoki and Giant Baba to win the NWA Tag Team Championship. But not really. Because there was no tournament it did not take place in Japan, and Antonio Inoki and Giant Baba did not team up, could not team up, because Giant Baba is the president of New Japan, and Antonio Inoki is the president of All Japan, and they not only would not even have, would never have teamed up, but if they did, they certainly wouldn't do a job for a couple of guy G's uh, like Sergeant Slaughter and Don Cronodal. So this uh, tournament that was published in all the wrestling magazines that I bought and I, you know, believed was just to cover up the fact that the current NWA tag team champions, Ole Anderson and Stan Hansen had broken up and Ole had quit the wrestling business and wanted to go back to promoting and Stan, of course, didn't want to be locked down to one territory. He wanted to go to Japan. So to cover the tag team of Ole Anderson and Stan Hansen, the end of the current NWA Tag Team Champions, breaking up. They had a tournament in Japan, won by Sergeant Slaughter and Don Cronodal. So they just handed them the belts. Won't be the last time a belt is handed to someone on this edition of the Wrestling Historian, but stay tuned. Um, in our previous uh, episode of HIAC Talk Radio, we talked about ratings, how uh, – AEW uh, this past week crossed the 1 million views mark, and that's a reason to celebrate uh, in this day and age. But you're going to throw that in our face, aren't you? No, I'm not. I'm just going to point out in September uh, 12th of 1986 was the edition of uh, Saturday Night's main event where um, Hulk Hogan took on um, uh, Bob Orton and – Roddy Piper came out to uh, make the save and Hulk went to hit Piper and didn't and they left with a stare down. Piper would come back and beat the Iron Sheik in a, with a roll up even though he was, Pedro Morales was uh, his uh, was supposed to be the Iron Sheik's original opponent. You see Piper had his knee uh, injured by Adrian Adonis and uh, his former ace, Cowboy Bob Orton Jr. and Don Morocco so he came out to get revenge on Adrian Adonis, broke a crutch over Adrian's uh, arm, breaking it because um, Piper was on crutches. But that uh, officially turned Roddy Piper face, uh, of course, leading up to his WrestleMania retirement match uh, later on next, the following year at WrestleMania three, uh, his first of many retirements. Uh, also on that card, uh, Ricky Steamboat uh, in his revenge match against Jake the Snake Roberts for the uh, DDT on the concrete incident. Uh, this was the match where uh, 
Jake brought out the snake and uh, Ricky brought out the Komodo dragon whose jaws were taped shut and they ran both animals together in the center of the ring and yeah, both wrestlers had to act like it had exploded. But uh, and also uh, the opening match, uh, Lanny Poffo was pinned by the late great Kamala. Ah. In the opening match. Uh, Saturday night's main event, uh, September 12, 1986. And that show did a 9.4 rating. Wow. Well, see? <laughs> you threw it back in my face. You knew it was coming. I knew it was coming, you bastard. I just want to put this in uh, because I'm a fan of you, Dan. Uh, so on the same date, September 12, 1999, Fall Brawl. Uh, main event, Sting defeated Hulk Hogan for the WCW Heavyweight Championship. Despite interference from Bret Hart, Lex Luger, Sid Vicious, DDP, a baseball bat. Uh, but Sting went over Hulk Hogan and won his sixth WCW slash NWA Heavyweight Championship. Uh, most interesting, though, was the opening bout, Dan. Uh, Rey Mysterio, Billy Kidman, and Eddie Guerrero defeated the team of Vampiro and the Insane Clown Posse. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you want me to say about this pay-per-view. <laughs> like, like... Do, you, do you remember it, though? Yes, do I remember? I was going to ask it. You don't know what to say. Don't yell at me, you son of a bitch. Uh, I remember it by tuning in. <laughs> I remember it coming up and me going, uh, they're not announcing, they're not announcing a war games. <laughs> What's going on here? And they never did. They They never did war games again. We don't count. I mean, they kind of did war games with the triple threat cage, but they, they it wasn't really the war games anymore. Um, so I remember tuning in going, wow, they're really not doing war games. I don't care. <laughs> but I remember this is the show that they tried to turn Sting heel, officially. They had the um, workings of it between him and Hulk. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they were going off the, well, Hulk Hogan, you've been... Hi, me Harry. I like ice cream. Me Harry, type in chat. Ugh, rhyme me. Anyway, um, so they they were making it. They're working off that NWO thing where, well, you're the you've been the a hole for the last couple of years. I don't trust you. Only for Sting to pick up a bat that Lex Luger dropped and beat the holy hell out of Hulk. The only problem is the seven thousand in attendance at the Lawrence Joel uh, Arena in Winston Salem <laughs> didn't boost it. They cheered him because this is NWA country and F Hulk Hogan times two because he's a piece of crap. And they went crazy. They, that little crowd that they drew in the first place because it was like, fall bro, who gives a, who gives a crap? And then his, the rest of his heel turn was uh, yeah. kind of yeah. crap. But... um. Isn't that the same? This is the same show. I'm reading the card. All I had to do was read the card to remember where uh, it was supposed to be Berlin, who, um, for those who don't know, was the revamp of Alex Wright. I happen to like that gimmick as a heel gimmick. Hogan killed it. Another reason why, two point, uh, why. Hogan kills everything. 
Alex Wright finally found a gimmick that worked for him. Yeah. And he changed his name to Berlin, would only do interviews in German, okay, which is going to get heat, especially in the South anyway, yeah, just saying yeah. the word German. They don't even like German chocolate cake down there. And he was getting unreal heat, but it would be and it would be equal to the level of Hogan. So Hogan kept him off cards and in, and telecast intentionally for enough time passed that when he came back, NWA was growing so strong that whatever Alex Wright did before that went away. So, yeah, but I think you could have made a ton of money with Alex Wright as Berlin. You didn't even have to give him a stable or give him a tag team partner, just... Uh, Harry said he likes the tie. I know you're shocked about that. Thank you, great one. Um... Yeah, I, I'm just thinking back on the Berlin thing, and I remember him sitting at ringside a few shows, mm-hmm. and Tony going, "Is that Alex Wright?" I'm like, "Why? Why are you telling us who it is? We all know who it is. Why did you?" <sighs> and I like Tony, but whoever was producing that reveal was just a—you've killed it already. Yeah, no, no, duh, it's Alice Wright. Thank you. Well, the, 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 and the end of the WCW back then was killing a lot of things, and which I'm shooting later. Yeah, shooting themselves in the foot, which I have no doubt that was their idea. There, going to put the camera on him, just put the camera on him, and you don't have to, but anyway. Speaking of killing things when they did need to be killed, uh, or the direction the WCW was going in and the bad decisions they made. It all came to a head September 13th, 1998, as a year before Fall Brawl, uh, in Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, it was one of the most emotional live editions of Nitro I've ever seen and one of the best television segments uh, ever done. Um, Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, they brought J.J. Dillon to the ring in a tux, and he introduced uh, the Four Horsemen. He introduced Arn Anderson first. Arn introduced uh, Steve McMichael, grown, uh, and then <laughs> Chris Benoit, and then Dean Malenko. I don't know why Four Horsemen and Steve McMichael should never be in the same sentence. <laughs> I know. Especially when we've talked in this very edition of um, Wrestling Historian about Tully and Arn and the great and that being the end of the Horsemen when you had you know Barry Windham, Flair, Lex Luger, guys that could legitimately go whether you liked them or not, but then you put Steve McMichael in there. I always you talk about worst Horsemen. I will put Paul Roma over Steve McMichael every day of the week and twice on Sunday. But in this particular moment, they're introducing the four Horsemen in Horseman Country in Greenville, South Carolina. All you know. Four men, Arn, uh, Mongo, Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko wearing tuxedos and talking about how great it is to finally be back. And then Arn said, oh, I almost forgot, and Ric Flair. And this was Ric Flair's first return on WCW in uh, almost a year. Uh, a year last spring, of the, the spring previous, uh, Flair was scheduled to appear on a WCW Thunder episode and he asked for to take that night off to see his son Reed uh wrestle. Yeah. Uh Eric Bischoff said no. 
and Flair went anyway. So Eric Bischoff suspended him. And so when Flair was introduced... <laughs> and Flair said, okay, I'll see you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Flair was introduced and uh, came out to a tremendous ovation, uh, legitimate tears in his eyes, and he cut this uh, unbelievable emotional promo. And he sh- he did a shoot on, on Eric Bischoff. You yeah. are an ass. <laughs> You're yeah. obnoxious. You're obnoxious, overbearing asshole. You but, suck. But he, he talked about uh, he talked about some legitimate things that um, us fans didn't know about. Um, when I had to, um, you had my best friend Arn Anderson. When he was, uh, we announced his retirement. Uh, you wanted to bury him. He at when uh, Arn announced his retirement on uh, Nitro. Eric Bischoff called Ric Flair, and according to Rick, their conversation was, now the horsemen are done. Now you can bury the horsemen. And Flair was, he had to look himself in the mirror, and, and he, he was ashamed, and he, he couldn't believe that. Um, and when I had to say goodbye to Arn in the ring, that was real. He said, after he, it was over, Eric said to Rick, God, that's good TV. Watching Flair cry and saying goodbye to Arn Anderson, he said, God, that's good TV. Yeah, that wasn't good TV. That was real. When Sting crying in my dressing room after he won his championship and he I was crying with him that wasn't ratings that was real okay this right here this is real and that's what you don't get and you tried to s can my uh career for uh most of it but um abuse of power abuse of power that's what you are uh but an amazing um amazing promo one of the great uh live moments uh in wrestling in televised wrestling and in night definitely in nitro history but uh That's, to, we always talk about the jericho pop and the other pops that happened over the years but that one yeah that was 1985 again yeah it was, it was so loud and even the dumbest mark would have sat there and gone oh, i think that a little bit of that's real yeah or as what we call on Twitter, because we use industry terms now, a work shoot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every every word out of his mouth was uh was real. That uh, that uh, Rick Flair's return on Monday Nitro, September thirteenth, nineteen ninety eight, is as real as real TV gets. Uh, very emotional night. Uh, September fourteenth. Dan, we're going to go back to 1937 uh, with a landmark decision that happened in the NWA. I told you this was an NWA-centric uh, wrestling historian. But what happened on this date, September 14, 1937, still resonates today and uh, held forth and went on through the decades. Um, September 14, 1937, Dan, John Pesek was awarded – the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Now, you and everyone else listening go, who the hell is John Pesek? Well, John Pesek was a he was he was a legit wrestler in uh, born in Nebraska, known known as the, the Nebraska Wild Man, um, great Olympic wrestler, uh, not a household name by any means, but a very good um, wrestler in his day, especially in 1937. But he was awarded the NWA Championship because. Um, the NWA decided that who, whomever was the NWA champion, they would have to post a $1,000 bond 
when they were champions. Yeah. Yeah, this goes back to that story about uh, Rick we always tell it. Uh, exactly. Well, it started way back in 1937. Uh, Everett Marshall was the champion at the time. Um, we, he was the champion when the decision was made. But when the NWA announced the decision that the uh, there would that a thousand dollars would have to be posted by the champion, Everett refused. The only contender that would post a thousand dollars was John Pesek. And because of that, John Pesek was awarded the NWA championship. Because either he had the money or was willing to post the money, whatever the reason, John Pesek, when he posted his thousand dollars for the uh for the championship that Everett Marshall didn't, John Pesek was awarded the NWA title. Uh, right. the NWA sure. <laughs> uh, according to who you want to believe, the NWA uh, reconsidered their decision. Another story was that John Pesek, who was a legit Olympian freestyle wrestler, and in the 20s, um, it became the working agreement that, that wrestlers, their wrestling matches would be predetermined, and he didn't like that, and he was never a big fan of that. I hate to tell you. So – so depending on who you – the NWA re, uh, reconsidered their decision to put it on him because of how he felt about wrestling. Uh, another story was that they had challengers lined up for him, and Pesic didn't want to face them, either because he was afraid that they he would be asked to lose to one of them or they would try to wrestle him for real. But uh, but in either in either way, it was reconsidered to not put the keep the title on John Pesic. And the NWA title was not defended, and it wasn't until three months later when Luthez defeated Everett Marshall in December to win the NWA championship. So all that took place for Luthez to win his first NWA title in December of that year. And I'll get to that December in a future wrestling historian when Luthez wins his first NWA title, the first of six, which was then a record. Uh, when he beat Everett Marshall for the NWA title, but he would not have had the NWA title. He wouldn't have had to beat Everett Marshall for the NWA title had uh, John Pesek not set the precedent of having the champion put up, in this case, 1937, $1,000. And as we know, as we've talked about this, Dan, that bond has gone up to the point where Ric Flair, uh, when he was asked to return the belt, didn't receive the bond he put up for it, and that's what prompted him to leave the NWA for the WWF <laughs> with the belt in tow. And over, over that bond, was which started at one thousand and went up to what was Rick was it twenty five thousand? I was say I think by the time Rick and Jim had that thing, he was he was mentioning a twenty five hundred dollar down payment, I believe. Okay, and that's when Jim Hurd was like, "I'm getting the belt." I'm like, <laughs> and Rick was like, "I I own it." Yeah, you want to return my bond, but yeah, but it started with uh with John Pesek who set the trend. And interesting footnote on John Pesek: after he left wrestling, Dan, he went on to he he entered the world of greyhound dog racing. <laughs> All right, sure. 
and he excelled at it to the point where John Pesek's Greyhounds, two of them, won the World Greyhound Championships in 54 and 56. And by 1975, 95% of the racing Greyhounds in America were from John Pesek's breeds. All right. Okay. So, sure. Yeah. I never thought I'd be mentioning Greyhound wrestling, Greyhound dog racing in a wrestling podcast, right. but uh, yeah, so, but John Pesek, the first man to put up a bond for the, uh, for the world championship, uh, a thing that still, that existed for the next, uh, 60 plus years in the NWA. Uh, but it started there. And that. That's a story I didn't know, man. That's why we do this, Dan. Thank you. I appreciate it. fill the folks in it. You know, all the stuff, you know, we take for granted. The champion's got to put up a bond and had to start somewhere. This is where it started. Uh, way back in 1937. It was wrestling back then, folks. It was a big deal. And, uh, and no bigger deal than the NWA. Nope. And that, wrestling fans, is a wrestling historian. And my name is Craig Lagans, and you can reach me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Craig Lagans. That's C-R-A-I-G-L-I-G-G-E-O-N-S. I'm Dan Calchico. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, and Facebook at DanLaw83. The VOC Nation Radio Network is at VOCNation.com. On your app, on your podcast app on your smartphone, type in VOC Nation Radio Network. Or watch live on twitch.tv slash danlaw83. Watch it later on youtube.com slash danlaw83. Make it real easy. For the even easier, in more ways than one, Craig Lagans. I'm the above average comedian, Dan Calachico. What, Craig? Oh, I'm easy. (laughs) Like Sunday morning. Yes. Don't trust anybody. Yeah, well, especially these days. (laughs) including me don't trust me see you next week bye Hey, you. Yeah, 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 you. Winning season returns at my bookie. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning scene means insane props, epic bonuses, and the craziest cross-sport wagers. At my bookie, winning season means watching live sports and betting live sports all season long. Rejoice, the NFL has returned. That means action-packed Sundays and huge cash prizes. Get in on the action. Use promo code VOCNATION, all one word, no spaces, and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Bet with the best this NFL season for your chance to win big. Use promo code VOCNATION and double your first deposit. Your winning season begins today only at my 
This is Matt Hardy, and you are listening to the VOC Nation. Rock and Roll Union for the past two years has been the place for rock and roll, new rock and roll, debuting rock and roll, and some of the old classics as well. We have welcomed guests from around the world, national artists and more. We have excited many people by our live events. We've welcomed everybody into the fold, and we continue to do so on a weekly basis. Guys, that is Rock and Roll Union, and that is what we do for you. Saturdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, VOC Nation. Since 2012, HIC Talk Radio has been bringing you the best of independent wrestling and wrestling on the worldwide scale with interviews and other segments now featuring the Wrestling Historian with Craig Legans every Thursday night at 6 p.m. at VOCNation.com or go to your Android or iPhone and type in VOC Nation Radio Network and subscribe to the greatest wrestling podcast network in the world. Listen to HIAC Wrestling Podcast today. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer, the Maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact. Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez. And former Philly radio personality Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling With History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern. And, of course, In The Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. And, by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter, too, at VOC Nation. Wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey. The morning after, right here on the VOC Nation Radio Network, Brady Hicks and... Homeboy Rap Boy here. I tell you what, we got a good show right here in the afternoon at 12 o'clock. Eastern Standard Time on the VOC Nation. Talking wrestling, football, news, whatever's going on in the world today. VOCNation.com. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network.